We are on the bottom of your test Amid Bays 19b4. We will begin the Gemara on the bottom of Daf Yates and we will continue on to Daf Chof Amid Aleph until the Mishnah, until a new Mishnah. The Gemara says as follows Yosef Rav Menashe Bar Zvid, Kameder of Huna, Rav Menashe Bar Zvid, Rav Menashe, the son of Zvid, was sitting in front of Rav Huna. And he sat there and he said, My time is Rav Shimon. What is the logic of Rav Shimon? So he's asking a very specific question. Uh, the case, uh, as of now for the Gemara, the case where the Chachamim and Rav Shimon argue. They argue on the following case. What happens when Ruvain and Shimon are brothers? Ruvain passes away with Adam. Children, his wife is Rachel. His wife Rachel, and Shimon is the live is a live brother. Shimon then does Yibam with Rachel. Classic case of Yibam. Very simple case where Shimon does Yibam with Rachel. Afterwards, Levi is born. So Levi is born, the third brother is born, and then Shimon also dies without any children. So the question is, can Levi do Yibam with Rachel? Because Rachel was also the Levi and Shimon were alive at the same time, so that shouldn't be a problem. But Levi was not alive at the same time as his first brother, as his older brother, Ruvain. And Ruvain passed away before Levi was born, and Rachel was both married to Ruvain and to Shimon. So do we say, the question is, what's the logic of Shimon? The Chachamim, the first opinion, says that there's an exemption from Yibam or Chalitza in this case, because Levi was not born, was not alive at the same time as Ruvain. Rabbi Shimon says no, that Levi was born after Shimon did Yibam with Rachel, and Shimon and Rachel are now married. Then Shimon pass- and Levi is born. Then Shimon passes away. So Levi could do Yibam with Rachel because Levi is viewed as uh, Levi with regards to Rachel. They're viewed as brother-in-law and sister-in-law of Shimon. So he wants to know what's the logic of Rabbi Shimon. So he says, "What do you mean? What's the logic? My time is Rabbi Shimon." We already explained the reasoning before in the Gemara. Because since uh, Levi was born at a time where Shimon was married to Rachel, and it's really a time where if Shimon were to pass away, there would be a Yibam. So therefore, there was never a point in time where he was forbidden to Rachel, Meaning there was never a point in time where he was forbidden to Rachel if Shimon were to pass away. So then it becomes mutter, becomes permissible, and a, and a mitzvah for Levi to do Yibam with Rachel. Essentially, the logic behind this is that Rachel is viewed as Shimon's wife, not viewed as Ruvain's wife. That seems to be the logic. And the Gemara is asking, what are you asking? What's the logic? We already, we already learned through the logic that Rachel is viewed as Shimon's wife, as the second brother's wife, not the first brother's, vis-a-vis Levi. The real question is, what's the reasoning behind the first opinion? The first opinion says that there's an exemption of Yibam and Chalitza in this case. Why should there be an exemption of Yibam and Chalitza? Rachel and Shimon are now married. So Rachel is viewed as Shimon's wife. Why would there be a reason to say that they are exempt from Yibam and Chalitza? So the Gemara says, no. The verse says, that you should, he should take her, meaning the Yavam, in a case of Yibam, he should take her for a wife, his sister-in-law for a wife, and then it says v'yibma and perform yibum with her, and they extrapolate based on this. At first, it says that he should take her for a wife, 
So let's say in this case, Shimon takes Rachel for wife, and then it says Vyimma, perform Yibum. And they extrapolate based on this, Adain Yibum Rishon Aleha. It sounds like even when Shimon marries Rachel, his sister-in-law, there is still some continuation of the original marriage of Ruvain and Rachel, that they continue to remain married. So even while Shimon is married to Rachel, there still is some sort of attachment between Rachel and Ruvain, that Rachel is still viewed somewhat as being connected to Ruvain. And that's the opinion of the Chachamim, or the first opinion, that there's an exemption. Even if Levi is born after Shimon did Yibum, there still is an exemption because Rachel is not just the wife of Shimon, but there is some sort of connection between Rachel and her first husband, who is no longer alive, was passed away before Levi was born, which is why there's an exemption. Tegmar asks on this, but we have various halachas, which, which we've had in the past, various laws, where it seems to imply that you are no longer connected to your first husband, that Rachel is no longer connected to Reuven. Elahad, it's not, but the Mishnah says... Once you do Yibam, once you get married, in that case of Yibam, where the brother passes away without any children, and the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law get married, it's like their husband and wife for everything. Meaning as follows, This is coming to teach us, It has two ramifications. First of all, if you were to get divorced, after you did Yibam, if you were to get divorced, you do not need Chalitza. Chalitza is only necessary if it, as a form of a, as a type of a divorce, only when there's an obligation to do yibum, the the way out is to do chalitza. But once you marry her, it's your wife completely. You're totally removed. It seems to be that you're totally removed from Ruvain, from the original brother. And if you were to get divorced, you get divorced with a get, with a divorce document, with your typical divorce document that every marriage has if they were to get divorced. And so to over here, you need a divorce document. Umach zira. And the second law is that you're also allowed to take her back. Which is also an interesting law. That you're allowed to, let's say you got divorced, you're allowed to remarry her. We don't say that, oh, she's forbidden to you because she's your sister-in-law. She was, besides the fact that you married her, but she's also your sister-in-law. She's the original brother's wife. We don't say that. We say that once you married her, we sort of ignore the past. We ignore the entire past. Even if you were to get divorced, to remarry her would be permissible uh, even though if it's a typical case, let's say it's a case where your brother married somebody uh, and then they got divorced or the, your brother passes away, let's say it's with children, so you're, and she goes and marries somebody else and then they get, uh, and then they get divorced, uh, so then you're still not allowed to marry your sister-in-law. It's forbidden to marry your sister-in-law forever, even if she marries somebody else. But in this case, it's something different. In this case, we seem to be saying that once you... You're marrying your sister-in-law. It's not somebody else who's marrying your sister-in-law, but you're marrying your sister-in-law, which is only permissible in this situation of Hebam, where there are no children, and the, and the, your brother passes away, the husband passes away. So specifically in this case, even though in general your sister-in-law remains to be forbidden to you once, even if she marries somebody else, and it's not your brother, and it doesn't make a difference, but in this case, once you marry her, so it's like your wife. The, the relationship is defined as a husband-wife relationship. We totally ignore, it seems to be we totally ignore the sister-in-law relationship, so much so that if you were to get divorced, then you're allowed to remarry her. It'd be permissible to remarry her. We don't say, oh, it's forbidden. This is no longer in the context of a mitzvah. It is now forbidden because it's your sister-in-law. We do not say that. We say that she's totally permissible to you because once you did Yibam, once you married her, it's viewed as a husband-wife relationship. It's no longer viewed as a brother-in-law, sister-in-law relationship. So, 
asks, according to the first opinion, who says that, you know what, no, there's still some sort of connection, some sort of connection between Rachel and Ruvain, even after they do Yibam, Rachel is now still some sort of connect, somehow connected to Ruvain. And that's why the first opinion said that Levi would be exempt, Levi who's born after Shimon would be exempt from Yibam or Chalitza, even though he's born after Shimon, but still... She, Rachel, the wife, is still connected to Reuven. Why is that? If that's the case, so that, and there's still some sort of connection, so then we should say that they need a chalitza. Or we should say, meaning in the case, in a typical a classical case of Yibam, after they did Yibam, if they wanted to get divorced, it's not enough with the get. You would also need a chalitza. Uh, because it's still viewed as a, as a sister-in-law. Or perhaps it would, it would be forbidden to remarry her. Uh, so... Uh, there seems to be a contradiction here. On the one hand, we seem to be saying that she's connected to her original husband. On the other hand, we're saying that they're no longer connected to her original husband. They're no longer connected to her original husband, and therefore you can, you, all you need is a get, a, a classic divorce document, and you could also remarry her after you get divorced, even though she was your sister-in-law. We still sort of ignore that past. It's a change in identity of the relationship. Um, and... But on the on the other hand, as we pointed out before, it seems to be that according to this first opinion, that there is some sort of connection back to the original husband. So is it is it a connection back to the original husband, or is there no connection back to the original husband? Just uh, to, to understand the, the overall picture, in general, we say that there is some sort of connection to the original husband. If they were to get divorced, if they were to die, as we pointed out before, the sister-in-law remains forbidden to you regardless of of uh, what happens down the road. Whether she marries somebody else, she still remains uh, forbidden for you. Uh, so Yibam would be the would be the the new the, the the change. It would be the novelty. So the Gemara answers shiny The Gemara answers that no, but there's an explicit verse that says that you should take her for a wife. The same verse it says you take her for a wife implies that she's your wife for everything. So the Gemara is answering, she, it says that she's your wife for everything, which means it's no longer viewed as a brother-in-law or sister-in-law. She's your wife for everything. You get divorced in the normal way. You're allowed to remarry her. There's no longer a prohibition. So the Gemara says, Oh, so if that's the case, so then in our case, in our discussion of our Mishnah, where Levi is born after Shimon did Yibam with Rachel, we should say there too that Shimon and Rachel are completely married, and Levi, when Levi is born, Vis-a-vis Rachel, it's only viewed as a relationship with Shimon, who's alive at that time, and not with Reuven, and there should be a mitzvah of Yibam. But no, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says there's still a connection to the previous, uh, to the previous uh, husband, to the, to the brother who passed away first, uh, to Reuven. So <laughs> we seem to have contradictory uh, uh, verses here. One verse says that there is, there's no longer a connection to the original brother, the other verse says, there is a connection to the original brother. Which one is it? That's what the Gemara asks. Sumara Isa. When do we decide to say that you, there is a connection to the original brother, that there is no connection to the original brother? It's like this is a totally new relationship. When do we pick one way or the other? So the Gemara answers, Mistavra. No, it's reasonable to say as follows. It depends on the circumstance. It depends on the circumstance. The verse says, both. That she's your wife, Shimon, the new the new brother who did Yibam with Rachel, it's your wife and completely your wife when we ignore the relationship. And it also says that there's still some sort of connection. When do we pick and choose? 
It says that whenever it's a complete heter, whenever it's, we're discussing a situation where it's a, a, a situation of when it's permissible, so then we'll use the leniency when it's permissible. Meaning in your typical case of Yibam, a regular case of Yibam, which is permissible, we're allowing them to get married. We're allowing the brother-in-law and sister-in-law, which in general there's a prohibition. In this case, we're allowing them to get married. So then we'll say that we'll add on other hetero, we'll add on other leniencies, such as the fact that they don't require chalitza and that they can remarry after they get divorced. Well, whenever there's a situation of heter, where it's permissible, where it was ready a certain level of permissibility, so then we'll say that there's more, that they're viewed as husband and wife and we'll allow even just a, a regular get and we'll allow them to remarry after they get divorced. They'll be permissible. But if it's a situation where there's an iser, where there seems to be a prohibition, when there's some sort of iser, so then we'll say, we'll apply the principle that they're really connected to the original brother. What's that case where there's a prohibition? The case of a prohibition would be a case where the two brothers were not alive at the same time. If the two brothers are not alive at the same time, whatever the case is, so then we'll say it's like they're connected to the original uh, husband. So in a case where Levi, the third brother, is born even after Shimon already did Yibam, but still, that's a case which is, it's still a case, which is where Levi and Reuben were not alive at the same time. So the Torah tells us in that case, and in that case only, because it's already a case of where they're, they're not alive at the same time, we'll say that you're connected to the first husband. So it really depends on the case. It's a fascinating idea. It depends on the case. If it's a case where, a classic case of Yibam, so we'll say you're only connected to the, uh, to the second marriage. That the husband and wife, the brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they're only connected to the second marriage. But if it's a case uh, where Levi is then born afterwards, so then because that's already a case of where there's, a, there's an exemption of Yibam or Chalitza, there's a prohibition to marry your sister-in-law. So then in that case, we will say uh, that we will apply the, the principle that you are forbidden to, your, uh, to the sister-in-law because she's still connected to the original husband, to Ruvain, who was who passed away before Levi was born. Okay, that's the end of that part of the Gemara. We have a few more lines. that They ask a question according to Rabbi Shimon's logic. And they ask as follows, According to Rabbi Shimon, who says that it is permissible for Levi to do Yibam Rechalitza if Levi is born after Shimon did Yibam. Shimon does Yibam, the brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they get married, they do Yibam. And then Levi is born. That's why it's allowed. If Shimon then were to pass away without any children, Levi uh, has a mitzvah to do Yibam Rechalitza. Why? Because Rachel, Shimon's wife, was never forbidden to Levi. She was never viewed as a sister-in-law from a different relationship. That's the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, the one who argues. So they ask, if that's true, so then, so we should say, We should say as follows. We should say that, let's say, there's a there's a, someone who, who marries a, a man and woman, they get married. In cases where a man and woman get married, okay, and afterwards, who's born is, uh, after they get married, so then there's a child that's born from of the following relationship from the uh, father of the man and from the mother of the woman. 
So the father of the man and the mother woman, they get married and they have a child. So now there's a brother who's born who uh, he has a brother. His brother is his paternal brother. His sister-in-law, meaning because his brother married somebody, his sister-in-law is his maternal sister. So you could have a case where he's born afterwards and his brother is um, a paternal brother and then his sister-in-law is a maternal sister. And so in such a case, in a, in a, in a regular case, not where he's born afterwards, but where he's born before, we say that uh, there's an exemption from even that case because your sister-in-law is your sister. Your sister-in-law is your sister from your mother's side. So that's an exemption of Yibam or Chalitza. Uh, but over here, the point here is that the Gemara is asking, well, he was born afterwards. He was born after they got married. So if he's born after they got married, so then we should say the same thing. Just like he said uh, that if Levi's born after Shimon marries uh, Rachel, so that there's there's uh, there's an obligation to do Yibam or Chalitza. So, so in this case, we should say that there's a mitzvah to do Yibam or Chalitza. Because he was born afterwards, after they got married. So after they got married, so maybe we no longer view it as his sister because he's born after they got married. So his relationship with his sister is not really a, a brother-sister relationship. It's really a brother-in-law-sister-in-law relationship. That's what the Gemara is asking. But the Gemara says, whoa, whoa, slow down a second. Right? You, could have, you could have two different relationships with your sister. It could be your sister. It could be your sister-in-law. What's the problem? It, there still is a pro. There still is a prohibition. There still is an exemption because, in the end of the day, even though you were born after your sister got married, but she's still your sister. Same where it says, "Oh, but But then we should still say the where it says, "Well, if it's still your sister, then in the case where Levi's born after Shimon, we should still say, "Well, you're still a brother-in-law, sister-in-law, sister-in-law to Reuven, not to Shimon, but to Reuven, to the original husband." Where did that go? That didn't go. That didn't go away. So the where says, "No." No, they. When it comes to your sister, your sister, your sister always remains forbidden to you forever. There's never a time where it becomes permissible. So even if your sister got married before you were born, it's not like we only view it as your brother-in-law sister relationship. You remain forbidden to your sister. It still, it still is forbidden to marry your sister, even if you're born after your sister got married. But when it comes to Levi being born after Shimon. This is a brother-in-law, sister-in-law relationship where we find cases, the cases of Yibam, where the prohibition is lifted. The prohibition can be lifted. There's no longer a prohibition between the brother-in-law and sister-in-law in a case where there's Yibam. So, so too over here, when Levi is born after Shimon did Yibam with Rachel, so Shimon and Rachel are now married, late Ruvain, the first brother, passed away already. Then Shimon passes away. So we'll say that Levi could do Yibam with Rachel because Certain prohibitions are lifted. So there's no longer a prohibition to marry your sister-in-law. So we're not going to say the prohibition remains. No, we lift the prohibition. The case, Yibam is a case where we lift the prohibition. And so this is very different than the case of where you were born after your sister got married. When you're born after your sister got married, she's still your sister. But if you're born after Shimon did Yibam to Rachel, we'll say that if Shimon were to pass away without any children, that Levi could do Yibam with Rachel because we lift the prohibition of brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And we do that all the time in cases of Yibam. So that's allowed. That is the end of the Gemara. We are going to begin after Yom Kippur uh, with a new Mishnah, a very interesting new Mishnah. I wish everybody a Gemara Chasimatova and a good year.